What's going on, everybody? First off, I'd just like to thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. First off, I'm your host, Ryan Clary. You can follow me at Twitter at RyanClary11 for some Nationals updates, as well as some Locked On Nationals updates as well. Maybe some future interviews or whatever it may be. I'm pretty active on Twitter, so you can check that out over on the Bird app. So, first off, I'd just like to get into Patrick Corbin. You know, we signed Patrick Corbin back in 2019 to be that third guy to relief Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer when uh, they're coming off from back-to-back days facing those two guys. Did he just make his final start for your Washington Nationals? Find out after. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's take you guys back to the winter of 2018. When we first signed Patrick Corbin, The he was a left-handed pitcher coming from the Diamondbacks. He was one of the best hand, left-handed pitchers in the game, especially as a starter. I mean, he was lights out in 2018. And so, of course, Mike Rizzo was aggressive, and he knew he needed a third guy to compete down in the stretch in the postseason because at that point, you couldn't really rely on Joe Ross. You couldn't really rely on Eric Fetty coming up to make a difference. There it, it, there was just a lot going on with pitching. And uh, we kind of needed that lefty dominant guy who's going to come in, throw a nasty slider, keep you on your toes pitching. And so Mike Rizzo had a mink to a six-year, $140 million deal. And uh, that contract runs through 2024 season with us. So uh, we still got two years left with him. And obviously, this has not been a good stretch for Patrick Corbin since 2019. But like I said, let's get started with that. It's the winter of 2018. You're still thinking, you know, maybe we can sign Bryce Harper. You know, why not? This is his home after all. He grew up here. He said he wanted to be here. And I still I still believe that. I do think that Bryce Harper wanted to be here when you look back at that. You know, he loved it here. Why wouldn't he love it here? We were winning. He was great. He won an MVP award. The fan showed up for him. And so that's kind of how it all started with him. When we signed Patrick Corbin, that meant was we're moving on from Bryce Harper now. That's what that meant. And so he signed him to a $140 million deal, six years, for a left-handed pitcher who's going to be your three-starter. Yeah. You're not going to pay Bryce Harper the $330 million that he was going to be asking for, that the Phillies eventually paid him. And so we go back to that, and I was ecstatic to get Patrick Corbin because I was like, you know, I see the potential here. He's that guy that Mike Rizzo has said we've needed all along. We needed that lefty starter who was going to make a difference. We had Gio Gonzalez in 2012, 2014, in those early years of dominance, and it paid off well for us. Patrick Corbin in 2019, he was great. He won the he won the Warren Don, Warren Spawn Award for the best left-handed pitcher in baseball in 2019. So beating out a couple hefty lefties, as I'd say, with Hunjin Rio. Uh Clayton Kershaw, I'm sure, was in that mix as well. Rio had an amazing 2019 season. So see Patrick Corbin, he was the best left-handed pitcher in baseball in 2019. 
Now, in 2020, when you look at his stats, obviously that did not come into fruition as much. You can 2020, he had 65 innings pitched and had a whopping 466 ERA. And at that point for him, that was awful. I mean, a 466 ERA after a guy coming off a 315 ERA in 2018 and a 325 ERA in 2019. He was unstoppable those two years and back-to-back years, finishing in fifth in the Cy Young race in 2018 and 11th in 2019 with your Nationals. This was a guy who wasn't really used to losing as much as what he has been as of recent. And so 2020, he hit that wall. And then last year in 2021, it didn't get much better as he had 171 innings pitched and had a 5.82 ERA. Guys, this guy went from having a 3-2-5 ERA in 2019, who was dominant, won the Warren Spawn Award for the best left-handed pitcher in baseball, to a guy that's now pitching, I mean, who knows? Hopefully you get four to five innings a night out of him, and hopefully he keeps under five runs. That's really what it came down to. And then in 2022, you'd think it, would, it could only go up from there. No, it went down. And that's why we're here today talking about is this Patrick Corbin's last start as a national. And so I I think about this and it's like, you know, he still has two years left on his contract. And, you know, at this point, the writing's on the wall. It doesn't matter what he does over the next two years. We're in a rebuilding mode right now. We're not going to re-sign him to ever, even if he does become some beast again, or even if he's just average or slightly below average. We'll take that at this point. Because, I mean, statistically, he's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball the last two years, if not the worst in baseball over the last two years. And so, I, you know, this I kind of got this topic flowing in my head with a friend asking me, like, dang, like, this could have been Patrick Corbin's last start. I, I don't think so as a national. I just don't see us moving on from him and eating all that money up. We still owe him two. We still have two years on the contract left. Left at, I'm not good at math. I could have looked that up and done a calculator, but six years, 140 million, two years left, and then he's got a, some deferred money owed in 2025 as well. I think that's around 10 million bucks. I mean, he's got owed a lot of money, and obviously he hasn't owed up to his contract if you just look at the stats, but. This is a different conversation. I I would make that signing again, though. Can you make the argument that we don't win that 2019 World Series without Patrick Corbin? Like, I see people dunking on him all the time like he's just some nobody. And you just forget about what he did in 2019. You forget about him coming out of the bullpen and get the win in Game 7. You know what I did after 2019? I bought a game-used Patrick Corbin jersey for uh, an insane amount of money that I did not have. And I, I still don't have, but I spent it on him because he was the cheapest one at that point for a game used signed jersey, authenticated and everything. So I bought a Patrick Corbin jersey thinking like this guy's going to be money, money for us through 2024. He's going to be here forever. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and then Patrick Corbin on the third day. We're going to be winning the World Series every year now. And so. I always thank Corbin for that. And, you know, then again, that same buddy went on to say, we should have never signed him. You're so wrong on that. You're wrong. And if you still think that, if you look back at this till this day, 
on his very last start, giving up, what was it, for his yesterday's game, or Sunday's game against the Phillies. He had four and two-thirds inning pitch and had seven earned runs, 10 hits. Yeah, three strikeouts. I know. He's not good anymore. But still, I'm still making that sign, even knowing what he's going to do after 2019. He won the World Series. He was the winner in Game 7. He came and shut the door on the Houston Astros while they're banging their trash cans. He shut them down. I don't care what anyone says. Those innings of relief in Game 7 in the World Series, that made that contract on the spot. Boom. You earned it. You earned it 100%. No one's going to take that away from you, and no one should take that away from you. Patrick Corbin's a D.C. legend through and through. And so, yeah, obviously, I'd love to see him just at least be an average pitcher at the worst. But, yeah, he's one of the worst pitchers in baseball right now. But I still respect him for what he's done. And, you know, he's going to be with us for the next two years because I guarantee he's not going to try to get a contract buyout because at this point, I don't know if anyone's going to sign him to a major league deal with what what we've seen. I'm sure someone would give him a chance, maybe out of the bullpen. But other than that, no, that's not going to happen. And you know that too. So it's he's ours for the next two years. He's damaged goods at this point where he had a prime. He's past that prime. He's in his 30s now. He's on a rebuilding team. And, you know, a lot of fans are just like, yeah, we're tired of him. But you should not forget about what Patrick Corbin meant to us in 2019. And I can't say that enough because just look at the numbers. We wouldn't be there in 2019 if it wasn't for Patrick Corbin. And so, yeah, obviously it's not great. You don't want that to happen. You want to see him pitch well and be competitive on a year year in, year out basis. But that's just not where we're at right now. And so it's it's obviously frustrating and annoying, but that's just what it is. But you know what's not frustrating and annoying? I can tell you this right now. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs with have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I love 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. I like healthy. I do now. And so... Run to Built.com to snag a box of you, for you and the family, and it will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Kiki Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Like all Built Bars, the new, chocolate, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with the light, fluffy texture, so good. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen proteins, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they have better than and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built. 
Built Bar. The offer is go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo Locked on 15. And so I kind of want to make a transition into a lefty we were we acquired at the 2022 trade deadline and uh, from the San Diego Padres. And that's a former first round pick in the 2017 draft, Mackenzie Gore. And so Davey Martinez hit on this uh, over the week last week. And he was saying that, you know, someone asked him about, will we be seeing Mackenzie Gore make a start? over uh, the final stretch of the regular season. And, uh, you know, he didn't really say yes, but he didn't say no either, but it didn't really sound too optimistic. And uh, obviously now we know that he's not going to be making his first start for the Nationals, and I'm all right with that. You know, again, we're a rebuilding team. He's still only 23 years old. He's a young kid. He's got time left to develop. And to get healthy, he was put on the IL with elbow inflammation. Uh, this was dating back to his Padres days, even in uh, July, where he kind of hit a road bump and just wasn't really the same as he started out. But I can tell you, his first nine appearances in the pros this season were lights out. And he was just looking like the top 10 pick and one of the top pitchers in baseball, really, at that point. He was lights out. I have his numbers here right now are up in front of me. He was 48 innings pitched, only gave up 34 hits in those 48 innings pitched, and walked 17, struck out 57, and again, 48 innings pitched, 57, and had a 1.5 ERA, and was just dominant. The 23-year-old was coming out lights out. He was going to be there, and he was going to be one of the guys in the one of the pieces for their Padres future in that rotation. He fit right in there. You know, you can never have a lefty with four pitches come out of there. And, you know, you're not going to take them for granted. You don't really get that too often with a guy who's sitting mid-90s with his fastball, sitting around 84, 84 85 with his changeup. So this is someone who had, like I said, four pitches, four-seam fastball, had a curveball, slider, and he uses a changeup every now and then as well. And about 5% of his pitches, I'd say. That's where he pulls those out. But uh, he's someone that I was excited about when we traded for him. I mean, if you think back to 2017, if you're a minor leagues prospect guy like I am who really reads up on these guys, then you would know Mackenzie Gore. He was one of the bigger names coming out of high school. He was a big-name guy, uh, lefty starting pitcher. He kind of has that swagger to him to where he's a big-name guy, big 6'3". He's someone that you're just excited about, or rather 6'2". And he, he was just someone that I wanted to see. I thought he was going to be one of those guys where, yeah, we're going to shut him down and get this elbow inflammation out of the way. Uh, but it just hasn't come into fruition the way the Nationals wanted it or intended to at this point because it sounded like at first people were going to be confident or they were confident that he was going to make a start at some point this season. But that just hasn't panned out, which, again – I'm fine with because you got to think about it this way, guys. You have to. It's this season was pointless. <laughs> like no one's going to say this, but the best case scenario for us was just losing. And so you can't tell me that if you're going to put out Mackenzie Gore, that those chances of losing are going to be lesser or, or, or like better, whatever it is. 
I guess that doesn't really matter into it, but I'm not going to risk our 23-year-old, one of the big pieces we got for trading away the Ted Williams of our generation, Juan Soto. You're not going to tell me that I'm, I just want to see him one time, but he can only go three innings. If we're going to get Mackenzie Gore, I want Mackenzie Gore. I want Mackenzie Gore going six innings, getting through three, three lineups. I want to see it all with him. I want to see him go through the order multiple times and do all that and have him be healthy, ready to go. But if you're not seeing that and you want to keep him on track, keep him on the bullpen, have him make a couple rehab starts in AAA where he's really picked up, then that's fine with me. I'm not going to be rushing Mackenzie Gore back because he's one of these guys who will be taking over Patrick Corbin, someone we were just talking about, and he's going to kind of replace him down the road and be a part with Josiah Gray. Uh, Jarlin Susanna is coming down the line. He's Again, he's only... 18, 19 years old. That'll be a few years away. Cade Cavalli, uh, he's going to be part of those guys, part of the young core, which uh, I expect him or for Mackenzie Gore. I expect Mackenzie to be up in the majors and start in one of the first three games for the Nationals in 2023, which I'm sure if you were to ask Davey that too, that would be his expectation. I don't think he's going to be starting in AAA. If he did, then what are we doing? Like sound the alarms. We, we have an issue or – whatever it may be. I, I think he's going to be starting in 2023, and then that's just, this is going to be his own. He's not going to look back. He's going to stay in the majors, stay with the Nationals, and just hopefully ball out like the way that the Nationals intend on him doing. So overall, you just got to take it for how it is. It sucks, and we're not going to see him. And, you know, if you follow the Nats the way that I do, and I'm pretty sure you guys follow the Nats the way I do, then you'd kind of know that the Nationals are, I don't want to say not trustworthy when it comes to injuries, but they're not, they don't really give you, they don't spill the tea for you. They, you kind of just have to figure it out for yourself. You know, you never really know what's going on with Steven Strasburg. You know, when back to, 2021 or whatever it was, and he was shaking his elbow in St. Louis. And obviously that was messed up with the camera view being in inside the clubhouse. Like that was a weird situation, but they weren't honest with us that they said, eh, it's no big deal. It was a pretty big deal. Uh, still recovering from that injury. Uh, that's something he's been dealing with for a while now, I guess. And that really has popped up for a while, a little longer than we think. So but it's just they have a track record of not telling us the truth for it. And I, I don't even want to say that they do tell us the truth, but they're just not upfront about it. Like, you know, they're you got to ask the questions. They're not going to tell you. You got to ask Davey and Mike Rizzo about what what will you got to you got to be specific and asking them with what's a timetable? What are they going to say? So but in this case. It's a young 23-year-old who we just traded for. The season's already lost. We traded away our two best players. So no point in rushing him back. If he's not ready for elbow inflammation, then fine. That's fine. I'll take it. So as long as he's there in 2023, which, again, he will be, then I think the Nats will be just fine. And so I kind of want to get into something that I saw pop up on Twitter today. I saw where... uh I wish I had the Twitter account to do it. I'm it's not, it's blanking in my head, but someone quote unquote announced that Bob Carpenter 
Uh, the Nationals TV play-by-play guy will be returning for the 2023 season. And then uh, Bob responded and said, speculation, question mark. Just meaning like there was no speculation that I was returning. I, I'm under contract for next year. And so a lot of you know that, you know, Bob had or Bob missed a lot of games this year. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure Masson was aware and the Nationals were aware. I don't know what the reasons were, but I'm sure Bob's a professional. I've gotten to work with him a time or two. So I can tell you this, that it wasn't just him taking time off to go watch baseball on the sofa. It wasn't that. So who knows what it is, but I kind of want to get into that where we're in here with Bob Carpenter. You know, he's been with us since 2006 when he left the St. Louis Cardinals play-by-play gig, which is like, you know, they've had Jack Buck and Joe Buck, two of the most well-known sports broadcasters that we've seen in sports. And so, I kind of, you know, I've seen a lot of people get up tight with Bob Carpenter and kind of say like, oh, we need fresh blood in here. You know, we need fresh blood. We need a new TV deal. We need some younger people to bring some energy. And okay, like, I guess you're right. You know, that's what the quote unquote fun teams do now. Like with the San Diego Padres, they bring in young, exciting guys. Uh, I know Tony Gwynn Jr. is on that broadcast. He's a ton of fun to listen to if you haven't already. Um, I know he does a radio show in San Diego as well, so I've gotten to listen to that a couple times. And I don't know. I just think that throwing Bob Carpenter under the bus just because you're saying he's old and he's old school now, he's past his prime, I don't buy that. I'm not buying that. I think when you're Bob Carpenter and you've been doing something for over 10 years and he's been the mainstay in this market alongside Charlie Slows, the play by the radio play by play on it on 1067 the fan who was there for the inaugural season in 2005 and alongside with Dave Jagler, who I believe arrived in 2006 as well. So we've been spoiled to have amazing play by play guys in DC. We have Charlie and Dave on the radio and we have Bob Carpenter and with whoever it is, whether it be Bob Carpenter and F.P. Santangelo, and then as this year, 2022, Bob Carpenter and Kevin Franson, who I think has filled in perfectly and for kind of just what we needed when uh, F.P. Santangelo and the Nationals uh, moved apart. So I don't know. I thought that with Bob Carpenter and a lot of people, you know, in D.C., I think this is only D.C. where we talk about our TV deal that we have with Masson. I think that's just... Like, you know, when I talk to other friends around my baseball community that we have here in the Locked On Network, they just, they're like, who cares about the TV deal? Who cares? Like, what does it matter? Well, you just don't understand because we have two teams in like, that are technically two different markets, but they're also technically one market and they share a TV station and therefore they share funds for it. And you know, the Nationals get the worst end of the stick because the Angelos own Masson. And so whatever that deal is to where we only get a certain chunk of what we could be getting, which would be, I can just tell you this, it's a lot more than what we are getting. And it's a big deal to come for, especially with ownership situations and with the learners selling. I can tell you this, that's a big deal of why they are selling. So TV deals in this market are a big deal. And 
I just think it's kind of crazy that people are like, yeah, I want Bob gone. I think I think this is the reason why you guys want Bob gone. You think you're looking at this team in 2022 and you're like, God, we suck. I want this season over. And I think Bob is just being the low hanging fruit for some of you guys bagging on him already. But uh, I just think I had to hit on that. And when you're someone like Bob Carpenter, who's been in the industry, he's been a mainstay in Washington, D.C., in the DMV area. He's meant so much to us and myself just watching Nats games over the year. He's been there for the highs. He's been there for the lows. And so he's kind of someone I want to see walk away himself. And uh, hopefully he gets a nice little nice little victory lap when he does, you know, say goodbye to us on Mass and, and uh, moves on to whatever he does post-broadcasting Nationals games. But he's someone that I just want to see stick around. And like I said, he he, he gets to decide his own destiny. I'd hate to see new owners come in and be like, yeah, man, you got to go. Let Bob stay through his contract and let him make the decision as he's someone that has meant a lot to me. And I know as you as a listener, I'm sure Bob Carpenter has meant a lot to you. Although I will say I'm a big analytics guy. And so I would love to see more analytics coming up on Masson, but it's fine. I know, I know how some of you guys get with analytics. So some people aren't all in on it. Uh, some people are like myself. I think analytics mean a lot. I love numbers, even though I don't like calculating them, but I just love numbers in general, especially when it comes to baseball. I think it only helps. And, uh, yeah, I think Bob, maybe we can get more analytics on the calls for 2023. Maybe I'm kidding. We're fine. We're fine. I love Bob Carpenter as well as you do too. But before we wrap up today, first off, I'd just like to thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, where and wherever you get your podcasts. Guys. You got to tune in to the Lockdown MLB podcast. Postseason baseball is right around the corner here. And I know for a fact the Lockdown Network is going to be locked on the postseason as well as you will be and your boy, me, will be as well. So I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, last night's game, the Mets got rained out. This is a big series for them. Uh, they got to sweep us to even have a chance at a at the division title with the NL East, but that's not going to happen at this point, I think. And, and the Braves would have to lose all three games, which, I mean, have they even lost three straight games all year? I don't know. Google it. I should have Googled it because they probably haven't. And honestly, same with the Mets. Who knows? But if you're asking me to count on a team in the postseason, I'm sticking with the Braves 100% of the time. I think the Braves are the most complete team in baseball. And so I think they could be making out. Unfortunately, I think they could be making out of the National League for the second straight year, which would stink because I want that 2019 title to stick with me forever. And if the Braves go back to back, I mean, 2019 would feel like 100 years ago when the commanders or, or whatever you want to call them, when they won last won a Super Bowl, that's how it would feel for me, even though that's not what it is. It just stinks that one of our rivals are, or multiple of our rivals with 
the Phillies, the Braves, and the Mets. They're all in this, and they could be having a postseason chance and trying to make that magical run into the World Series. So I hope to God they don't, but we'll see. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's edition of Locked On Nationals. I always appreciate you guys tuning in. My DMs are open at RyanClary11 on Twitter. And uh, please feel free to DM me if you want to see something, you want to tell me something I'm doing bad, or you're going to tell me something I'm doing good, or something you want to see more of. Please let me know. I'm all ears. Like I was telling them, I love being told stuff. I'm a big listener. So always want to hear some feedback, whether it's good or bad. My ears are open. So thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll have another one for you tomorrow for Wednesday, October 5th. Thank you. Actually, yes, Wednesday, October 5th. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you on the flip side. Have a good day, guys.